There, there was no confusion from our side as the board. Uh, the policy of the company, which is articulated in that letter, uh, uh, for acting positions, is that uh, is that over and above what is the the current package of the individual being seconded, there would be up to. 12% increase, which means Brazza had the prerogative to increase the salary of the acting group CEO by up to 12%. That would have put him just under just under 1.5 million per annum. So, so there's no confusion. Uh, what, what, what? I don't even want to say there is confusion, but clearly the letter that was written to the Department of Transport, it was not written by me as the chairman of the board. It was written by a human capital executive appointed by Mr. Lesolo after he suspended the one who was was querying uh, the salary that he might have wanted at the time. And this new one, when she got into office, she immediately wrote and went to the records to the decision of the previous board, not this board, in relation to a package that was given to the previous CEO when he had wanted to leave the company and they, they gave him a new contract to stay. And then they upped his package to five, to, to five, over five million. Now, there's no confusion. People in human capital know that they have to apply the policies of the company. And if I refer to the policies of the company in the letter to Mr. Lesson, the first thing that they should have said is that, what does the policy say in respect of this matter? And having done so, elaborated recommendations, which they would then take to the board committee on human capital, because salaries of all executives in the company are approved by the board. It is in the state entity, in the state entity as well as any other uh, company, private or listed. Executive salaries are approved by the board of directors. This one was not approved by the board of directors. What we approved is to accept, was to accept him to act and to then say you will be remunerated according to the applicable policy of the company. Dr. Malivi, the South African Transport and Allied Workers Union, uh, they've raised concerns um, not only over this debacle, but uh, they also go on to state that under the guidance of the current board, a PRASA is all but bankrupt, to quote them. They also say that managerial targets are not met and that there's been a spike in train delays and avoidable accidents. What's your response to that? Well, that's, uh, that's, that's absolutely not true. If you go to, I mean, we come from a turnaround strategy discussion last week. The problems of PRASA started after 2009. By 2010, they were uh, very discernible, and it has been going down that way. So we are involved in a turnaround plan to reverse all those problems. Um, and it has got nothing to do with uh, with this board. This board is trying to get the company to run. And our program of modernization and renewal of the feet 
and improved ways of refurbishment of the trains, uh, including the procurement of components and general overhauls of the trains, would have to be done in a manner that achieves the objective of PRASA of efficient and effective rail operations. There are many things that we have come across which management themselves have diagnosed to say that part of the problems we have with the many breakdowns of the train is that PRASA at some point instructed the service providers to procure components or parts from particular suppliers. Now, when you want service, you don't tell people who to procure from. You tell them what functionality you want, what effect you want with your, 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 your organization. So some of these problems are really the function of the rot that has been there in the organization which we are dealing with. And that union was there at the time. It should have dealt with these problems at that time.